You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. Bibles to Romans chapter 12, and uh, although we are still in our study of the book of Romans, actually, to be honest with you, we have taken a little detour and a, and a break because of verses but uh, in Romans, but we're doing a study of spiritual gifts is what we're doing for the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, we have we've talked about several things. We're going to go, let's just go on ahead to uh, that the gifts that God gives are unifying gifts. Any gifting that you have is given to you not for your edification, which some like to say that it is. It is not. There's one gift that in, in 1 Corinthians 14 he talks about. He says, you're practicing the gift of tongues and, and the only one you're edifying is yourself. And they think, well, see, tongues is for edifying yourself. No, he was getting on to them about that. Every spiritual gift is given to individuals for the edification, the building up of the body of Christ, the church, that local church. And so these gifts ought to be unifying because we have a unified head. And there is a unified, we ought to have a unified body. Christ is the head. And uh, the unified body, we have one spirit, one body, uh, diversity of people in one body, diversity of members, and then this is where we are right now. Uh, Diversity of functions, diversity of functions. And we may have talked about this last time, but I'm going to go back and get back into it, all right? We have different jobs and abilities according to our text. So let's go to our text, and I want us to read... By the way, while we're right here, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Have your finger there. And let's read our text verse in Romans. Romans 12. And we're just going to read verses 6, 7, and 8 this morning. All right? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Uh, you, you have something you can do. You may not be a, be a missionary. You may not be able to go like that, but you can pray. You can give. You can send somebody else. You can promote. Listen, there's something you can do, and we're talking about in the church, in this church. Everybody has something they can do. Having gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. Who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, I want to tell you something. That's not an exhaustive list of the gifts. We'll get into that in a minute. Of all the gifts that the Bible lists. I don't believe that's exhaustive. I don't believe God mentions all the gifts. Uh, there are so many different things people can do. And I'm telling you, if you have a talent and an ability, it is a gracious gift of God that you can do what you do. 
And you should be doing it for the glory of God, for his cause. All right? Now, I don't think most of us here, you know, I don't want to be negative. I'm assuming that you are here on Sunday morning, and I assume you want to be a part of this church. And you want to use your gifts that God has given you in the church. I hope so. If not, you may need to check up whether you know Christ because the Spirit of God is going to give you a burden and a longing to do something for Jesus' sake. All right? And I'm going to tell you something. Going to church is the minimal least that you can do. God didn't give you the abilities and the giftings you have for you to sit soaking sour on Sunday morning. You need to be using those gifts for the building of the kingdom of God and winning of souls and doing missions in your backyard right here. But I am assuming that... I assume that y'all are all good people, good Christians, so I assume that you want to be used of God and you want to be gifted. And so God gives gifts. Sometimes he gives gifts to people of a beautiful voice to lead us in worship and singing and and, uh, talents and things that are seen, that are seen, uh, that are up on the forefront of the church. A teacher... A preacher, uh, someone who, who has a job in the church that, that uh, everybody appreciates because everybody sees it. But some people don't have that. And over in 1 Corinthians, look, go to 1 Corinthians 12. In verse 1, let me just read this a little bit. The whole chapter is full of it, so I can't use the whole chapter. But verse 1 says, Thou concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Amen. Amen. That's, that's why God's having me preach this message. He does not want us to be ignorant of these things. You know that you were Gentiles carried away. Look at verse 4. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See? Spiritual gifts are given for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. He lists some things. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body, being member, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, uh, and have all been to made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Now listen. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? You know, the saddest thing I've ever heard anybody say is, Oh, Brother Ron, I, you know, I can't do much anymore. It was told me by, not in this church, this is in the past. I, I remember this affected me a little bit. I, I can't do much for God anymore. I guess I can just pray. Just pray. I want to tell you something. That, that's what some of you ought to quit, quit doing what you're doing and pray for a little while. Just pray. 
Just pray. Just talk to God. Just intercede for the church. Just pray for power on the Sunday school teachers. To pray for power for, for, uh, for the ladies that teach our children and, and our youth. To pray for the, the leadership of our church to have wisdom. To pray for Brother Tim to lead us in, in worship. To pray that God would send somebody that knows how to play the piano and, and does a better job. To, to pray for, for Mandy and for uh, Allison as they help lead us to pray for Brother Greg as he films every Sunday and puts this church out in the busy uh, world. I don't know what you can think of right now. Pray for those two back there in the booth back there, in the big bus back there, doing our audio and video. Isn't it nice to have that scripture right up there? It's nice for me. Isn't it good to see you missionaries today? Riley does all that back there. And Brother Joe makes sure we sound okay. Somebody needs to pray for us. How many of you can cook and enjoy it? Praise God for you. Use that gift, I'm telling you. Use it for Jesus, amen? <laughs> we got a lot of people like that. I tell you this last week, Miss Norma passed away and her family, although we didn't get to uh, carry food to her, I watched this church uh, uh, bless that family. And Miss Glenda would tell you, if I let her get up and testify, if she wants to, she can. I'm not saying she can't. But she would tell you what a blessing it was as we fed, brought enough food to feed two armies back there in the back and loved on that family. I guarantee you that family appreciates it and loves it. Why? Because people were using their gift. You say, Brother Ron, who all brought food? I couldn't even start to tell you. I couldn't start to tell you. And there are some people we don't know. Where'd that food come from? I don't know. Just eat it and trust God. <laughs> you know, we've done that many times, haven't we, Brother Paul? But that's not flashy like the singers. That's not up in front of people like the preachers. That's not like someone who likes to get up and read the scriptures. That's not like a Sunday school teacher who is appreciated for the teaching of the Word. But I want to tell you something. We're not doing these gifts for ourselves. We're doing it for the Lord. And if you say, well, I can't sing, I can't do it, I can't, I really don't have that. That's what God intends for you. That's what God intends for you. Whatever it is, maybe it's one or two or whatever. I imagine there's many things. But I want to tell you something. God put you here. God gave you that gift. And don't look at the eye and say, I'm no good because I'm just an old elbow. I tell you, all I am is a, is a wiggly little toe. I'm no nose that smells the wonderful food. No, every part is important. There's no little eyes and big eyes in the church. And maybe you're not as out in front and seen. But here's the thing. Do not be envious of those that might seem to be getting a little more glory than you do. Don't be envious of them. Because at their best, you know what they're doing? What the Lord called them to do. And if you're doing what the Lord called you to do, one day the Bible says he's coming and his reward is with him. Amen? Now, I want you to look at chapter, uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and go back down to 14 and let me read a little bit more here. It says, for in fact the body is, one, is not one member but many, just like your body, right? You have skin, you have eyes, you have hands, 
you, you have uh, your skeletal system, you have your digestive system, you have your blood system, you have all the different parts of your body. Some of them uh, are, are, you know, nobody wants to look at some parts of the body. Who wants to look at ugly feet? Who, you know? I mean, who really cares about uh, uh, dry elbows? I mean, that's not something we want to put on magazines, you know? We want to see the beautiful faces and all that kind of stuff. You have different parts of the body. So does the church. Look at verse 15. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No. It is an important part of the body. Guess what the, guess what the eyes can't do? Walk. Verse 16, for if the ear should say, because I am not of an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Listen, you know what ears can't do? They can't see. But we need to hear. We need to see. We need to feel. We need to smell. I got a good preacher friend over uh, at Wyatt over there. He he does not have a sense of smell. That's kind of, I just cannot imagine that. But he gets along fine, but... He wishes he could smell. So if you got a part of the body that's not there, if you got a part of the body that falls off, you may not ever think about it, but then boom, it's gone, and now, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole, whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. I tell you, you're here in this church. You're doing what you're doing because it's what God has purposed for you to do. So you better do it. You say, well, Brother Ron doesn't pat me on the back enough. The deacons don't acknowledge me enough. People don't appreciate me enough. You're not working for us. You're working for Jesus. And he's got nail scars in his hands. He deserves our work. He deserves our uh, faithfulness. Amen? Look at it on those. Hey, listen, I like to encourage folks. I like to give people thanks and stuff. And I'm going to keep on doing it. As we're going to see here in a minute, we're to rejoice with those that, that, that are, are, are honored. But I... I'm not the one that you're working for. I'm not the one. The deacons aren't the ones you ought to be impressing. It is God, amen? Romans, uh, God determines who does what in the body. Listen to Romans 12, 6. He works all in all. Listen to 12, 11, Romans 12, 11. As he wills. He puts the members in as he wills. 1 Corinthians 12, 24, God composed the body. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has appointed these in the church. My friend, this church is growing. God has blessed our church. We've had a lot of good things happening. But I want to tell you, it's not because, I hope it's not because of the charisma of the preacher or the, the beauty of the building even, or the whatever. I hope it's because God has seen fit to be, make us responsible with souls. Amen? That's what we want. Offices, gifts, abilities are graciously 
graciously. You don't deserve, you don't deserve to knock the dust off Jesus' shoes. They are graciously and purposefully given to each member. You can do what you can do because God has given it to you. Now, let me tell you something. I think there's something to taking that gift and using it and, and, and practicing and, and making it better and learning more. You take what God has given you and apply it and make it better. As Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Verse 3 of chapter 12 again says, As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Hey, remember that when you're looking down your pharisaical nose at others that you don't think are as good as you. They don't serve. They don't have the zeal I have. They don't have the stem. They don't have the faithfulness I have. They're not criticizing others. I want to tell you something. You need to pay attention to your own self. Instead of looking down your pharisaical nose, I like saying that, because that's all it is. Fake and phoniness. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Say, why aren't they going faster in their Christian life than they ought to? It's none of your business, number one, but number two, it's God's plan. It's God's doing. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. And he doesn't necessarily need your help. Verse 6 says this, Having gifts differing according to the grace given to us. Not everybody can be the preacher. Not everybody can be an elder. Not everybody can be a nursery worker. I cannot be a nursery worker. I don't. My nerves are shot. Not everybody can be the floor sweeper. Not everybody can be the, 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 the light fixer. Not everybody can be whatever, the van driver, the bus driver, the Sunday school teacher, the piano player, the choir singer. Not everybody can do those things. God has put having gifts differing according to the grace given to us. If God's given you the grace to do something, let me tell you something. Now, Brother Tim loves having a choir up here. But I want to tell you, I'm just, just a little bit of preaching in your eyeballs. I think it's a shame he has to beg y'all to get up here. That's why I really, to be honest with you, I've told him just don't have one. Having to wait and beg, oh, I don't know. Listen, if you can sing, you ought to be up in these chairs. Helping worship. Helping lead in the worship. Helping, brother, being an encouragement to Brother Tim. If God's given you a voice to sing, you ought to be doing it. If you can play the piano, you ought to be doing it. If you can play any instrument, I don't know why I'm just picking on my instrument. Any instrument, you ought to be doing it for the glory of God. Because God gave you that gift and that ability. If you're a good speaker, if you're a good poet, write some songs. Do something for Jesus' sake. Use that gift. I'm not getting very far on this, but this is just good preaching. Jealousy and coveting a position or ability other than what you have is unthankful and frankly rebellious. Okay? Being jealous and coveting a position or ability that you don't have is unthankful and really can be rebellious. Realize the undeserved privilege that you have being called to do what you can do. Use it for the glory of God and be thankful 
by doing your duty. I'm, I'm fixing to finish here. It's 15 till. But I'm going to give this last little bit, and then we'll pick it up next week. Everybody turn to Luke 17, verse 3. Or just Luke 17. I think we'll start in 3. Now, these are some of these, and I've preached this to you before. This will be familiar. Some, those of you that are new in the last few months, you haven't heard this, but uh, I did a series on parables, and this was one of the parables that came to it, and, and I realized things that I had not I realized in years. You're fixing to hear a couple, two, three verses that you've heard all your life, but were taken out of context by your pastor. I being one of them, I'm sure I took these verses out of context. Brother Paul, uh, listen, this is kind of interesting because I, I missed this for 40 years of ministry until this last year when I did this study. That's why it's very important to study the Word of God in context. In context. All right, are you there? Listen, Luke 17, 3. Jesus says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Everybody look up here. Don't read ahead. So every time your brother slaps you in the face, and then you turn around and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, please forgive me. God says you ought to forgive him every time. How many of you are in for that? Right, let's do that. Not one hand went up. You know what? This next verse is the same reaction that you just gave me, but not raising your hand. I tell you what, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. You know, I've heard people say, I tell you what, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. I only have two. After two, you're in for it. No. Jesus is saying, forgive like I forgive you. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, this, this is not a point right here necessarily, okay? But now listen to the next verse. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now immediately you read it just like I just read it. Lord, increase our faith. I'm going to tell you what Peter and those apostles were being smart mouths. <laughs> they were saying, Lord, you hadn't paid us enough for that. If you really expect us to do that, you're going to have to give us more than, than what you've given us. To forgive somebody who, who sins against me seven times in a day and I'm to turn around if he comes and repents and forgive him every time, you're going to have to increase our faith. Now listen to verse 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now that verse has been used to you to help you, to tell you to increase your faith. That's not what the verse means at all. That's not what he's talking about at all. What he is saying is, increase your faith. Let me put it in kind of, increase your faith. In, increase your faith. Let me tell you something, guys. You don't have to have much faith to do things for me. All you have to do is believe that I can do it, and you just do it. If I say, pull up that mustard, that tree, you can do it, and it will come up for you. It doesn't take any faith at all to tear down mountains. You just got to believe in God. 
I want to tell you something. I don't, I've met very few Christians that I wouldn't say, that I would, wouldn't say they had at least mustard seed faith. And mustard seed faith will tear down mountains. So he wasn't telling them how to increase their faith. He was saying, you've got enough faith. You've seen me feed the thousands. You've seen me uh, 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 heal the crippled. You've seen me restore blind eyes. You've seen me raise the dead. Don't sit there and tell me you need more faith. You know what I can do. You know who I am. And if you still don't believe me, listen to what he says next. Uh, he gives a parable. Here's the parable. Listen. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field? So the servant's out, and he's been doing what he's supposed to do. He comes in from the field, and he says, How many of you masters, uh, uh, when he comes in from the field, says, Come at once and sit down and eat? But let me back up, verse 7. And which of you, having a servant plowing and tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field... Come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, the servant, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. Now stop right there. Don't get ahead of me. He said he's not going to thank the servant for doing what he pays him for or, or, or takes care of him for. And he's not going when the servant comes in. The master doesn't say, "Look, sit down, let me, let me fix food. No, he says, servant, your job's not finished. You've got to prepare food for us and then you can eat after that. That's just what servants do. That's what servants do. That's their job. That's what they get paid for or, or what, how, why he takes care of them. And then listen to this scathing verse. Listen, verse 10. So likewise you. So likewise you when you have done all those things which are commanded say. This is what you ought to say. We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Wasn't a message on how to build your faith, how to increase your faith, how to throw uh, mulberry trees into the river. No. What Jesus was saying is, you ought to shut your mouth and do what you're told. Like my mama would have told me when I was a kid if I'd have backtalked her. What you ought to do is realize who you are and who I am and do what you've been told to do. What is your duty to do? I think Jesus was angry. No, I don't think. I know he was angry. Why in the world? No other parable is like this. No other time in the word of God did you see him other than when he's talking to the Pharisees and the lost. It angered him. Well, increase our You want us to forgive that many times? You're going to have to increase our faith, really. You don't understand who you're talking to. This is what we ought to say when we're feeling a little bit unappreciated, when we feel a little bit unpatted on the back, when we feel like we're not getting the recognition that we're getting, when we feel like God hadn't given us the gifts that we ought to have and that we want, this is what we ought to say. I am an unworthy, unprofitable servant. I should just do what is my duty to do. Why? 
Because whatever it is God has called you to do, you don't deserve to do it. You don't deserve to do it. I don't deserve to be this preacher in this pulpit. And you don't deserve to be the Sunday school teachers. You don't deserve to be the musicians. You don't deserve to be the givers. You don't deserve to be the prayers. You don't deserve one iota of space in the kingdom of a righteous and holy God. But guess what? You know what happens about two, three, and a couple more chapters after that story? Jesus says that one day he will come again and he will gather us unto himself and we will sit and he will gird himself and he will serve us. He will serve us. So what he's saying doesn't usually happen. He said, I'm going to do that one day. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? G-R-A-C-E, grace. So my friend, if you have a talent, if you have an ability, and you're not using it in this church for his glory, you're backslid. I'm going to wait for an amen from someone. You're backslid. I mean, we just read it. I, don't, don't look at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. We just saw it. God says he gave them graciously to us to be used. And we are members one of another. And we ought to be using our gifts in his church. And I want to tell you though, we have a church full of people that practice what I've preached today. I'm thankful for that. But I don't know. You say, Brother, I'm getting tired. We'll take a little rest and then get back up. Amen. You say, Brother, I'm getting burnt out. Well, then pick up your Bible and read about the old rugged cross. And get your mind off yourself. Because that's usually, I'll tell you, when I'm usually getting low on my spiritual journey, it's usually because I've got my eye on myself. Selfishness always kills uh, service and love and spirituality. Take a rest. Everybody needs to rest. I, I, that's why I gave you all last Sunday night off is to rest. Amen? But then get back up. Don't retire, refire. Amen.